Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers and may also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Hello and welcome to Minisode 58 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I am Andy Stewart. How are you my friend? I'm not so bad Mitchell, thank you very much yourself. I am not bad at all. For date stamp purposes we are recording this on a Thursday evening. Yeah, early this time. Highly irregular. Highly so. Uh, but yeah, all for good reasons, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but how are you this week, more of the point? How have things been? What have you been watching? Tell me some stories. I'm okay. I've just moved house. You have indeed. Congratulations. It's a yeah. wonderful setup that you have here. Yeah, thank you. Um, already, things are starting to fall into place a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been optimising DIY. Stressed at my, my tits, as you can imagine. <laughs> we, should, um, we should upload a photo of the new HQ. Yeah, yeah, I can arrange point. for that. Yeah. I can arrange for that. Um, but in amongst all that kind of chaos, you've been squeezing in any viewing? Uh, a couple of things. Well, one thing certainly, because we went to see it together. Yes. Shall we kick off with that? Do you, do you have others? Yeah. Not particularly. Right, okay, let's do that. too busy. Let's do that, and then I can kind of look at some of the stuff that I've been doing. So, I um, want to say a quick thank you to Vertigo. Yeah. Um, and Fetch for um, hooking us up with... Uh, we went and had a look at a wee press screening of Child's Play uh, this week, this past Monday. We did, yeah. Um, which we can now talk about. Um, and it's out now. It's out there now. So um, by the time this airs, it's going to be out there. Go check it out. So, Child's Play, the reboot. Here we are. Where to begin? But different. I'm going to lead with the stuff about this that I liked. Okay. Because obviously the uh, the premise of the film is basically the same. Uh, with Kinda, the, yeah. With, with <laughs> the exception of uh, how the dog gets evil, which I think is probably going to take a lot of people off. Maybe. Yeah, it's a, I mean, if it's possible to, that it could be sillier than a voodoo incantation and a soul being passed from a dying man into a doll, but I, I think it is sillier. Uh, yeah, I would be inclined to agree with that. I think Child's Play 2019 works best when it's not trying to be scary. I think that the kind of first half hour or so is where it does most of its best work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he kind of like, when the kid first gets the doll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's kind of playing him with Chucky and kind of learning what he can and can't do and all this kind of thing. There's some fun to be had with that, I think. I think so. Um, I really like the, especially the kind of, the dynamic, I suppose, of when he first turns the doll on, try to deal with the glitches and all the, the perceived glitches that the doll has. And I found all that stuff quite charming. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, the first third of it gets it mostly right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, for me, a fairly steep drop after that. <laughs> um, I it, it, it loses me almost completely in a couple of ways. So, talk about Mark Hamill, who I think is not given enough to do sure. here. Obviously, he talks a lot, but I don't think that in terms of, like, he's such a capable voice actor. That I don't, and it's and it was such a cool booking for him to be doing this. Yeah. That it feels wasteful to me that they don't get more out of it. I kind of have to agree with that. Um, He's never allowed to fully explore his range. Uh, Yes, I'd be inclined to agree. I think also that they have this really cool idea for how to modernise this. And I I think it is a cool cool way to kind of 
bring it up to date and bring it into the now and to kind of remove that supernatural element. Yeah, because basically one function of the uh, buddy dolls, as they're now known, is that they can kind of like, they're made by a company called Kazlan who make a bunch of other electronics. And basically it well, means... Amazon. Yeah, it can, it's, it's kind of basically, it's kind of tapping into the fact that you can kind of hijack your Alexa. Yeah, and that's kind of what it is. It's a kind of, he's a kind of Alexa. Yeah, and it's... But very, very portable, very, uh, like, you can walk around. <laughs> yeah, but like... I'm um, Follow but, you about like a little creep. But he could, like, he can get to your cloud and your other Kazlan apps and stuff in your house, all that kind of thing, and your... Um, and I remember thinking, because they did that, they introduced that so early on, and I was like, that's such a good idea. I can't wait to see what they do with that. And it's so frustratingly underused and I wish that they'd done so much more kind of like little things in the home with that kind of thing because it pretty much without giving too much away the that entire thing basically resolved itself in one big set piece that I didn't like okay um, so yeah and I think that and I, I, I just think the, the ending is a bit kind of stock hunt and chase I don't think that the fact that there's a bunch of dolls there is used to its full potential. No, neither did I. I, I had hoped for a, a massive doll onslaught, but it really amounts to nothing more than a couple of creepy bears. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think like um the first, I think, like I say, I think the first half hour of this is perfectly solid. I after about maybe the first ten or fifteen minutes, I was fairly sure I was going to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I think that the frustrating thing about it for me is that it's not meritless. There are good ideas there. Yeah. And it's annoying to me that so much there was so much room to do some really inventive things. And it just spends so much of its time actively choosing not to do that. What I will say is, um, I think the cast are almost universally really strong. Yeah, performance-wise, not a hell of a lot going wrong here, no, I don't think. Um, I think everyone is good. I know you had a real problem with the kind of dynamic between Andy and his friends. There was a bit too much uh, Stranger Things kids on bikes feeling. Um, I I um I, I mean there aren't just for clarity there are no physical bikes in this home I'm aware of that but um but yes I uh, I am fed up of that kind of uh, Stranger Things wisecracking adolescents teaming up to solve the mystery thing I love Stranger Things uh-huh. but I think it's got a lot to answer for right. basically I've, um uh, I think that basically Stranger Things is summer of '84 were those things attaining perfection and it's been shoehorned into so many things. <laughs> since then and when I realised that that happened when he met the two kids in the hallway and they started wisecracking I was like oh fuck I really liked some of the stuff between him and his friends Fallon uh, and Pug Fallon and Pug yeah I thought some of that stuff was quite funny <laughs> and, uh, well, is- in, in fairness that stuff doesn't not work I'm just sick of it Oh, right, okay. Uh, also, a lot of quite grisly deaths and stuff in here. Yeah, some of the deaths are all right. Yeah. Um, uh, one in particular is pretty graphic and uh, quite prolonged. Yeah, you know what? That's a fair point. There's like, there, there, are, there, are some, there are some good things going on here, just not enough of them for me. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a massive fan either. I, I think I missed as much as it is stupid that Chucky's body hopping in, in like, the original films. I do miss the personality that that comes with him. Do you know what I mean? Like when, it, when he's not a machine. Yes. And he's yeah. not essentially working off a faulty programming. Yeah. He's just a faulty guy. Yeah, I think that's that, that's I think that's totally fair. I miss I that. I miss the kind of that that level of autonomy. Yeah, I would say that's that's a completely fair. Criticism and personality, more to the point. Yeah. So um, yeah, this feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity to me, but it's out there, and if you're curious, then go check it out. I would definitely say check it out. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here, but I was just left a little bit cold by it. Yep, I would say that's a fair assessment. So um, was that? Also, the- I think sometimes the do- and one, one another thing I do need to say actually is as much as I was about to say that I think the doll looks absolutely horrifying. I I love the fact that the majority of it is a practical doll. Yep, agreed. Uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't get enough of that. More of that, please. 
he's scary (laughs) 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 when he's not intended to be just uh, at his delivery of everyday lines and stuff he's fucking terrifying Uh um so beyond that, that yeah so that was a, I haven't really watched speak. much more I've been optimised on it much fair dues I had a couple of things obviously as we'll get to um, the opening closing films for Fright Fest were announced this week yes yes they um, were I have been kind of getting kind of prematurely quite excited about Fright Fest this year for one reason or another okay. so I've started kind of uh revisiting some films that I've seen there over previous years. Sure. I did that this week with, it's available on Amazon Prime, and I saw it in the main screen a couple of years ago, uh, Freehold. Yeah, I think it's also on, I think it's on Netflix. Oh, maybe then. Maybe. Um, it's, 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 it was know. certainly Amazon Prime where I got it, but yeah, um, yeah it could be available on Netflix. Definitely on Now TV as well. Um, but I think Freehold's really cool. I like Freehold. Um, I like it a lot. So basically what you have here, for anyone that hasn't seen it, is you've got this kind of like young, kind of up and coming kind of property guy. Mm-hmm. Who you see? I quite like the fact that you get a really interesting read on what's going on in his life, but but it's basically all shot in his flat. Uh-huh. Um, so you see him kind of like yeah, kind of like living this kind of hotshot lifestyle, or kind of purporting to. But every time he leaves his house, this kind of uh, this guy who's kind of living in a crawl space in his house comes out and does really like initially revolting, and as it goes on, increasingly kind of nasty things in his <laughs> living space. Um, and it, you find out more about it obviously as it goes on. But it's so, initially so gross, but so interesting. And it's also kind of cool to see Javier Botet yeah, just play, play a guy. Yeah, rather than be hidden under miles and miles of latex. and Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, I think that that's cool. I think that um, performance-wise, I think it's great. I think it's really funny. Yeah. Um, and it ends up, it kind of pulls into some kind of like, uh, some kind of commentary, some kind of social commentary stuff towards the end as mm-hmm. well. And, and a lot of things about kind of like the housing market and stuff like that. I think that this is a really, it's a fun film, but also it's kind of really fucking nasty as well. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Freehold. I didn't see it at Fright Fest, but I hunted it out off the back of what I heard people saying. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a word of mouth hit that year, deservedly yeah. so as well. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was really fun. But yeah, um, I would say check out Freehold, it's good. Yeah, it holds up nicely on rewatch as well. And uh, finally, for this lot anyway, um, I did also check out The Captor. All right, uh, with Ethan Hawke. Uh, yes, and a new, cool. a new repass in Mark Strong. Uh, this is, by the time this airs, this will be available in the Sky Cinema. Right. Um, so it's based on a true story. It's um, a bank robbery uh, in Sweden in 1973. I think that this kind of qualifies by the skin of its teeth to be spoken about here. Okay. Because um, it's kind of like a thriller with darkly comedic elements, but it is also quite screwball in places. Okay. But all three of your front three here are brilliant. The film is legitimately very, very funny some of the time. But Ethan Hawke in particular, I'm, I'm just increasingly an Ethan Hawke fan. Yeah, I think uh, Ethan Hawke's done some amazing stuff in the past few years. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all for Ethan Hawke. He's also a good guy for doing kind of horror and sci-fi stuff. Kind of like, because um, I always think that like, kind of like, he's one of the kind of headline-grabbing actors that does genre stuff reasonably regularly, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, the captor is really, like, it, it kind of gets the kind of suspenseful versus funny thing, right? It walks that line pretty much perfectly. Um, so yeah, it's available now, and I would recommend going and checking it out. It's really yeah, it's good. in cinemas and Sky Cinema. Yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. I'd get on that, personally. Cool. That just Excellent. about concludes my viewing this week, with one exception, of course. do 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 I sure did. For anyone that's unfamiliar, I am making my way through the Shockwaves 100, which is a list of 100 films, uh, great classic 
kind of air quote classic horror films. Uh-huh. Selected by consensus by Ryan Turek, Elric Kane, Rebecca McKendry, guest from this show, and uh, Rob Galuzzo, yes. otherwise known as the four hosts of the Shotwave podcast. Um, so this is kind of used as a tool for me to kind of clear up my general genre ignorance. <laughs> um, and I've been trying to watch The 100 and I'm getting there. And uh, this week I was back in the 80s for Just Before Dawn. Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. Jeff Lieberman. <laughs> yeah, I read the... Directed Squirm. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I read, I read the letterbox review of this, um, or the kind of letter, letterbox synopsis of it. And it was like, oh, it's like five people go off into the hills and all this stuff. And I'm like, fine. Stalked by a guy with a machete. And it's like, oh, if this, if this, <laughs> if this sounds run of the mill, there's an amazing twist in the middle. Like, there's a twist in the middle. <laughs> like, it's okay. And um, I, I read a little bit about it. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's the super underrated fla- slasher. I have kind of thought about it and I've concluded that it is a rated slasher. Okay, ne- ne- so like, just neither run over the for nor you? under. It just kind of exists. I think it's fine. Like, I think right. it, I, like I had an okay time with it. But uh, yeah, it was, yeah it, was, it was fine. It was fine. It's mid table. Did you notice that it opens with Mel from Sleepaway Camp? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, uh-huh, I did spot that, yeah, great stuff. Also, I noticed as well that when it first cuts to the five of them in the van coming up, um, I remember thinking, I was like, Jesus Christ, you got the rights to Heart of Glass by Blondie and you are going to get your money's worth. I think you hear that, enti- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You hear that entire song. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that they were, uh, they were milking the shit out of that. Yeah, but no, just before done, pretty good. It was okay. Um, like I say, I would say I would say kind of like a probably like kind of languishing in mid table are the ones that I've seen from the shortlist one hundred. Yes, from the shortlist one hundred. <laughs> not, not from slasher films in general, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it, it is okay. Okay, well that's that's fine. <laughs> what have they been saying? It's feedback time, and uh, well, a little bit more of a spread this time. Yeah. Uh, last week it was uh, almost exclusively. In fact, it was. Exclusively, it was exclusively. Uh, Demon Wind, but uh, this week no Demon Wind, and a decent amount about. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. And with that, we should, of course, take a minute to say thank you to Mr. Morgan Peter Brown. Finally, made it work with Morgan, got him on the show, and uh, he very capably defended Elm Street 4, and we had a great chat about it. Really, yeah, really, really fun. I like it. Uh, I like it okay it's as well. It's the beginning of the end for the franchise. Um, I suppose that's true. A lot of people getting... Well, I don't say that. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of people getting in touch to talk about this. Uh, uh, punch your buns. Right, sure. <laughs> Tom Zilla with uh, three H's on Twitter getting in touch saying uh, those movies are amazing I especially love Freddy's Dead I could quote it all day yeah I, I don't I, I was going to say I uh, thought that was an unpopular opinion is, yeah, that, that, is that number six yes it is okay yeah, yeah, yeah. but I respect your opinion Tom Zilla um, fair, fair play <laughs> um, also got uh, Dave Cooper on Twitter as well deluxe underscore man saying I uh, saw it years ago I might be tempted to rewatch as I don't really remember it you should yeah I'd be curious to know how it held up if you were revisiting it after a long way away I'm always watching these with fresh eyes and um, that, the film's mental mm-hmm. um, so yeah we're interested if you did go back to it Dave give us a shout and let us know what you thought of it right I'll stick my nightmare on Elm Street then okay um, we have BK at Boris underscore Daddy getting in touch to say might give this a rewatch before Friday. This film has some genuinely awesome sequences amid all the nonsense. Agreed. Yeah, fair. Also, I love the fact that a lot of people, no one's being like, I will definitely get on this before Friday, but a lot of people are kind of entertaining yeah. the notion of maybe watching it. <laughs> That's a new wishy-washy reaction to this. Like, uh, <laughs> I might mm, get around to that. We'll uh, see. Whatever. Uh, Chloe Besley at Chuck Spadina getting in touch to say, ooh, excited. A film I've actually seen being discussed. <laughs> it's a very rare feeling for me as well, Chloe. <laughs> Can't says the podcast host. <laughs> I have a couple from Instagram. 
Okay. Um, Wicked Sister 69 Roll Pal Kim Oh no Not the fucking meatballs On the pizza one The very is, same Is this the one With the face meatballs It yes. gives me the book Yes fair enough It's disgusting It's pretty gross isn't it? Yeah it's rotten um, But yeah uh, yep. Just just for clarity Yes that is the one <laughs> if, I don't know if that Puts you off Or draws you in Yeah uh, Saltire Popcorn I love Harlan And will eventually Force my podcast host To rewatch Cutthroat Island The poor bastards <laughs> As more recent efforts Have been a decidedly Mixed bag though Agreed. Yeah, reasonable. Okay. okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everything's downhill after Deep Blue Sea. Um, again, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, a couple more from Instagram. Uh, new person alert. Drippo55. Sure. Uh, saying, loving the podcast, guys. Started listening a couple of weeks back. Almost caught up with all the episodes of films that I've seen. Very Odd. cool. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Yeah, um, but that could only be three. I was going to say, I don't know how many yeah. that is, but still, yeah, <laughs> thanks for doing that. Uh, looking forward to this one. That cockroach scene is tops. Amazing. Uh, P.S. When are you going to do Return of the Living Dead Part 2? As ever, the answer is when someone picks it. Yeah. Or if one of us picks it for a... For Andy versus Mitch, yeah. But, probably um, probably going to be me because I'm going to go out and I'll say you've not seen it. Correct! <laughs> Cosmic Raygirl getting in touch saying, first time watch for me and I enjoyed it. I totally understand Rick falling asleep on the toilet. He must have two children as well. <laughs> Fair news. <laughs> um, I just have the one more. Again, it's actually Elm Street 4. Um, Keisha85 on Instagram. One of the first horror films I ever watched. Remember it well. I've lapsed listening. Need to get back involved. One of the best podcasts out there. Yeah, I noticed that it'd been a while since we'd mentioned his name. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been ignoring him. He's been ignoring us. Yeah, so uh, get back on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, welcome with the downloads. Yeah, welcome back. He's yeah, come on. Yeah, if you could, if you, if you, if you could download all the ones that you haven't heard in the same day, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, that's just about my lot I think for feedback uh, so yeah mine actually were all I'm straight for you got anything else? yeah I've got another one Zergrath Prophet of D4 oh wow okay hey, uh, hey. another new person <laughs> seems like a new person I'm a huge fan of A Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy Krueger will always be my favourite of the slashers uh, okay okay I don't agree with that either um, uh, no it wouldn't be mine either but uh, but yeah fair fair Whatever. amount of time for Freddy but uh, yeah I, I prefer my slashers uh, silent and brooding yeah, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably of the kind of classics I'm more of a Michael guy. Done? Yeah. So Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. I wonder if anybody can actually say this along with me now. Me? Yeah. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from I'm years gone, gone by. He will have photoshopped out any identifying text, titles, taglines, and so on. He'll leave only the image. Yes. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability, and if possible, give that film a title and a synopsis. You've never let me down. It's true, and we will, of course, put it on uh, social media. The image will be everywhere by now. Yes, um, of course it will. For you yes. to play along at home, uh, because that is the best part about this. Last week, we had Waxwork. We did, yeah. Um, reappropriated by me as Banquet of Souls. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> one of my better ideas. To be sure. um, yeah, other people had some ideas as well. Um, these are now coming in with such frequency that I can't read them all out. Yeah, that's fine. I, I think we we separate the wheat from the chaff. So I, I hope that everyone is okay with that. But um, but yeah, that's just the reality of the situation at this point. Uh, Lauren McIntyre on Facebook. This is the poster for the new ten-part Netflix series. We Jimmy Crankies through the keyhole. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Constantino. Oh God! Right. When his car breaks down suddenly on a dark stormy night near Crapston, <laughs> travelling cutlery salesman Desmond Pipe finds himself de- <laughs> finds himself desperately seeking refuge at a nearby country estate. Greeted by the mansion's oddball manservant Plebsworth, <laughs> Des- 
<laughs> Desmond is invited inside where he is introduced to his master, chef and reclusive foodsmith Lloyd Grossman. Oh. Long in hiding after that fatal case of sauce botulism destroyed his career. Oh, fuck, I. But little does Desmond know that his arrival has put into motion the final stage of Grossman's cannibalistic comeback. And he's to become the 12th and final ingredient in Lloyd's new human ragu. Will the penny drop before it's too late? <laughs> With a script written in the time it takes to heat up one of Lloyd's jars, you are culinarily invited to dine in on 1995's Through the Hellhole, <laughs> The Saucy Night of Desmond Pipe. <laughs> Starring Toby Jones, Timothy Spall and Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> I swear to God. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Kevin Matthews, will this be the week that Mitch finally knows a film? Of course it fucking isn't. Or, <laughs> or it's the Hervé Villachez starrer designed to cash in on his most t- famous TV role. Mm-hmm. Stephen Rhea stars as a man who falls in love with a famous actor and decides to don a variety of masks as he pursues the diminutive star in a series of episodes that get darker and darker as love continues to be unrequited. As the third act descends into a mad scene that involves rose petals, memorable use of a hit song by the Divinals, and Stephen Riette slathered in I Can't Believe It's Not Butter, <laughs> even the hardiest of viewers are shocked to this day when they experience the twisted brilliance of the man who knew Tattoo Much. <laughs> no man is an island and no man should be kept as one other man's fantasy. The pain, the pain. <laughs> Freighter Perderabo on Facebook, Les is exes. Les Dawson reminisces about his former loves. <laughs> Uh, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter, head this way. You should quit while you're ahead. <laughs> or that might be all that's left after you enter this twisted carnival. I replied to that saying that if I saw a sign that said head this way, I would absolutely follow it to oh, my God. own detriment. Chris Salt, Oblong Pictures on Twitter. Down on his luck and behind on rent, hapless chancer Herman Beatbox is over the moon when he lands a new job as a caretaker at the spooky old Criswell Manor. But his first day on the job turns out tougher than he expected when he discovers that there's one thing the agency didn't tell him. The house is full, floor to ceiling, with weird leering floating heads. <laughs> Available in a new 4K restoration from Scream Factory, it's lackluster 1986 horror comedy Head on Arrival. <laughs> And finally, John Paul Fitch, Johnny Boy on Twitter. During a storm, travelling salesman Bob Corncob becomes stranded <laughs> in deepest Yorkshire. <laughs> Approaching the only house in the area, Bob is greeted by the miniature doppelganger of Donald Trump and is invited to see the st- uh, inside to see the storm out. Sure. During the night, Bob is awakened by strange sounds and, curious, investigates the house. Finding a bizarre room filled with lifelike masks, it soon becomes apparent that the wee DT has plans for Bob Corncob. <laughs> Can Bob thwart Mini-T's evil plan and escape with his face intact? Will he become infected by sentient orange mould that seeps from Mini Trump's body? <laughs> Why does his hair move of its own volition? From the producer of 1979's Tanya Jaw, 1981's Tanya Jaw 2, it's 1986's Geese Your Face, Wee Man. Geese Your Face, Wee Man. <laughs> and um, that is the cream of the crop from the listener pitches this week. Wow, okay. So, as ever, it now falls to you to award two prizes. Um, um, best character name and best pitch best pitch to Tony Constantino through the hellhole the saucy night of Desmond Pike <laughs> yes very hard to disagree uh, with best character name I'm afraid I'm going to have to split it okay between Herman Beatbox <laughs> yep <laughs> and Bob Corncob Bob Corncob's brilliant isn't it 
yeah. So uh, you'll get you'll both get your your full share of nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a double prize. Like yeah, I mean, like yeah, 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 we're not going to be halving it. We're not miserly no. with our nothing. No, no, no. Uh, so yeah, a big thank you. We're generous um, if, if anything. Yeah, exactly. No, it's true. A uh, big thank you then, and congratulations. Well, con- thank you to everyone that pitched. Um, yeah. but keep partic- them coming. Particular congratulations to uh, Tony, John, and Chris. You all win nothing. You're so lucky. So I guess it's my turn. Yes. Are you ready? Sure. Clickety clack. And the image is on route now. Okay. Bloop bloop. Oh, here we are. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> sure. I, I can work with this. So um, I like that nothing surprises you anymore. <laughs> yeah, especially since what we have here is um, the backdrop is a green tinted skyline, full of clouds. We're at a beach or some body of water. Yeah. Um, a fairly voluptuous woman in a red bikini is in a state of some distress, and she's crawling towards the camera. Yeah. <laughs> she's being pursued yeah. by a large, hairy, sea-dwelling monster with bright red eyes. Um, hair all over its body, and what appears to be kind of like a visible rib cage, kind of human hands, very broad shoulders, a very large head, and uh, did I already talk about fangs? Uh, I don't believe you did, Mitch. I don't believe you made mention of fangs. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, he has a large mouth with rows of many fangs. And also, um, the border is white with a red trim. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I think, that I think that takes in all the key points there. Yeah. So um, I will need just a moment. Okay. Not only that. Oh. We're going to Sequel Town. Sequel Town? Yeah. Uh, I can't even imagine. Okay. Okay. Thrill me. It's been three years since Melissa narrowly escaped the winged piranha attack that ravaged the town of Poisson de Mor <laughs> and, claimed, and claimed the lives of her four best friends. Now having graduated and trying to put her troubled past behind her, she's forging a promising career as a marine biologist. However, Melissa is pulled into an unwilling trip down memory lane when she discovers that the government experiment that started it all has been covertly revived and co-opted, with the Ministry of Defence attempting to capitalise on the side effects of the drugs to cultivate an army of sea-dwelling super-soldiers. Knowing that the agency are dealing with powers they don't understand, our heroine must make a reluctant return to the scene of the worst day of her life to fight a new wave of nautical nightmares in 1986's Piranapocalypse 2, The Swamp Man Cometh. (laughs) Uh, wow. Uh, uh, the year is... What year did you say? It's a 1986. 1980. Oh, okay. Um, and it's... I Depending uh, which you're watching, okay. it's either Monster or Humanoids from the Deep. Oh, I've heard of Humanoids from the Deep. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's the most useless thing I could say at that point. <laughs> well What's done. it about? Uh, so, jumping on to IMDb synopsis. Here we go. Um, we have M. Rose Steed. Or, oh. or Mr. O's Steed. I think it's probably M. Rose uh, ten- okay, Mr. Rose, give me what you got. Tensions run high in the seaside community of Noyo when a, <laughs> when a controversial new cannery promises to revitalise the traditional fishing economy with new jobs, new industry, and a scientifically augmented salmon population. <laughs> Excellent. As antagonism intensifies, a series of attacks by mysterious sea monsters threatens all the people in the town. 
Okay, okay, is that any good? Uh, you can find out for yourself, Mitch, because what I can tell you is that Humanoids from the Deep is currently on Netflix. Oh, nice, okay, <laughs> cool. You know, you know what? I may do that. And I knows. watched it the other day, so it was fresh in my mind. <laughs> That, of course, concludes Mitch's Pitches for another week. That image is everywhere. Get pitching because this is fucking amazing. Yeah. You are heroes. You are heroes one and all. Yes, I couldn't agree more. So, um, a couple of things that I think are worth touching on, kind of horror news-wise. Right. Something that I think will uh, be of uh, significance to a lot of our listeners, or certainly a decent whack of them. Uh, we have had the opening and closing films for this year's Fright Fest have been announced. Ah, yeah, of course. And pretty interesting. Uh, we've got so opening. We've got uh, Aunt Timpson's film, Come, Come to Daddy. Daddy. Yeah, with Elijah Wood. Yeah, which I think looks pretty interesting. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, closing the festival this year, we have got Abner Pastel's A Good Woman Is Hard to Find. Yes. Which um. I'm kind of interested in predominantly because it stars Sarah Bulger of Emily. Yeah. And of course, uh, anyone who listens to the show regularly will know, uh, my love for Emily is well documented. I have you mentioned it on the show? I'm pretty sure. I, have, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you have. Emily's fucking great. It's on Netflix. Right. Go and watch it. There you go. Um, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, but uh, I, I think that as, uh, as a... So I think that like... In a couple of ways, this is kind of on brand with the way that some of the more recent opening and closing selections have shaken out. Right. Like, uh, for instance, obviously, like last year at Freight Fest, you had The Ranger, which was a first feature for someone who's had a pretty good CV of producing some pretty big stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in Jen Wexler, and this year you've got Anne Timpson, obviously, whose uh, production CV is really remarkable in terms of big hitting films in the last few years yeah Deathgasm Greasy Strangler Terrible uh, Kids yeah uh, ABC's Death yeah I mean like Feel Good to Evil loads and loads of really good stuff Um, so I think that that's kind of and Feel Good to Evil yeah Um, and uh, uh, yeah loads of good films also Feel Good to Evil Um, I uh, so I think that yeah this this wasn't on my list of guesses right for what I thought might open it but when I saw it I was like yeah I can kind of see that and obviously apparently it's amazing what apparently it's amazing yeah it looks really good I think yeah yeah and um, Abner Pastel obviously um, I believe that he's been at Freddy Fest two different times with road games and I'm not sure how that worked Oh, uh, I, I think that there was there was like a director's commentary or a live thing one year, right? Um, and obviously it played the year before. Uh, so he's obviously like a pretty well like guy. He's coming back in with something new. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty interesting. Um, so kind of see the wisdom in that. Kind of again, if I was comparing it to a closing film selection from recent years, I would say maybe bringing Tyler McIntyre back when he had Tragedy Girls. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously after he'd come over and had some traction in Glasgow with Patchwork. Yeah. So yeah, I think that they're both interesting picks. They're neither of them were on the things I was guessing. <laughs> actually yeah no 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 but no, no. um but uh that's not to take away from the from from the decisions i think that they're both really interesting titles i'm definitely going to check them both out and of course the full lineup lined up ne- uh, announced next week yeah july 4th yeah so i'm uh, looking forward to seeing what that big week for horror that announcement and then we finally finally andy get to see midsummer we get to see midsummer which there's a new trailer for this week so i'm guessing you're not watching uh no i'm not no. yeah i um, already feel like i know too much I, I actually like I actually have seen all the trailers and feel like I still know very little, so I'm happy enough with that. Um, yeah, I'm finding it very. I'm, I'm I like I'm kind of finding myself thinking I've been going to see Midsummer like a few times a day. Just <laughs> I just uh, everything's about Verotica for me. Yeah, <laughs> actually, a few people tweeting me about Verotica. Just uh, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. It and now they can't wait to see it. Yeah, the feedback for that has been pretty lively, actually. <laughs> Um, so just a quick one uh, on the streaming platforms this week. Um, a couple of things that are worthy of note. I said that there was nothing on Netflix last week. That's not technically true. The original Terminator surfaced on Netflix last week. If you want to catch up with that, <laughs> it's there. 
I've also don't know how long it's been there, but this past week I was just I was just browsing Netflix in general, and I noticed that Nicholas Pesce's uh, Piercing is now there. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't see that. Yeah, I found it just the other day. Um, that film is really, really weird That's brilliant. and yeah. really, really good. Um, has got a potential career best performance from Mia Wasikowska in there as well. Uh, yeah. I think it's probably on my top films of last year, although I think I only saw it this year. <laughs> it was in my ten for the festival last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 really really good. Um, Amazon Prime, pretty slim pickings, but um, the odd thing going on on Sky this week, a couple, apart from the fact that obviously the captor is there now, yes, um, which which you can check out at your leisure, um, from Wednesday, June 26th, they've got something called I'm a Killer, right? Uh, which is Murder Probe Cop Lieutenant Janice, with the help of... Uh, murder po- Probe Cop. Murder Probe Cop, yeah. <laughs> murder Probe Cop, yeah. It's <laughs> um, a better title. Murder Probe... <laughs> I'm a murder probe cop. Uh, I'm a killer is the film. Murder probe cop Lieutenant Janice, with the help of newfangled computers, tracks down the so-called Salesian vampire, a serial killer who murdered 14 women in the Zaglebi region of South Poland in the 1970s. Pressured by his communist paymasters, the trail leads to a labourer, but doubts remain as he faces the death sentence. This sounds brilliant. Yeah, it's in there. Um, like that classic murder probe cop subgenre, if you want to get on that. Um, and from Saturday, June 29th, you've got Slaughterhouse Rules with a Z. Northern teenager Don Wallace is unhappily trying to settle in at his miserable public school. However, he discovers worse is yet to come when a fracking company linked to the creepy housemaster, played by Michael Sheen, describes the ground below the school. Simon Pegg plays a lovelorn teacher, while his comedy partner, Nick Frost, is an eco-warrior harboring a grudge. Um, this was almost universally panned when it came out, but it is available now... Um, uh, if you want to check it out, <laughs> I will probably sidestep that one. Yeah. I am wary of those two in things that they don't write. Right, okay. Well, or ahead. things that I write is not involved in. But yeah, uh, I'm a killer. Slaughter's Rules. Um, both out there. And uh, like pick of the week, even though it's technically last week, is piercing. Just go watch piercing. It's amazing. Yeah, that is. So, uh, quickly ahead then to uh, this week's episode. And we have a confession to make. Well, it's not as much a confession. It was just, it's just a matter of more than anything of convenience. Yes. Uh, we have both had a decent amount on this past week. And we're both heading away... And things like that. Yeah, I'm off while. to Italy for a week. Uh, I'm not going as far away as that, but basically, we kind of figured that um, with things being a little bit eventful, we thought that in all in all honesty, we are doing an Andy versus Mitch episode this week, kind of in the name of convenience, but also there's a film that I've been wanting to talk about for a little while. Yeah, it's a film that I have not seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a film that I've heard a lot about, and it's a film that I've heard you enthusing a lot about. Yeah, I'm a fan of this one. Most people aren't. It has 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's great. Okay. And back to 2014, it's Mini Driver. It's Meatloaf. Is that like Baby Driver? Yeah! <laughs> but small. It's... I very good. It's Mini Driver. It's yeah. Meatloaf. It's Meatloaf, right, sure. It's a theatre camp. It's a metalhead killer. It's stage fright. Okay. So, stage that that is available. That you can get it. It's rentable. It's on Amazon for sure. It's on Amazon Video, yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about Stage Fright. I have defended it in formats other than this before. Mm-hmm. So I figured that I may as well come and do it here too. Fine, yeah, yeah. God knows I've put you through some shit. So let's uh, let's see if this is as bad as everybody tells me that it is. Yeah, let's see if you take to it any more than my previous disastrous selections. As long as it's better than Detention. <laughs> I think you'll like it more than Detention. I don't know how much you'll like it, but you you will like it more than Detention. You have my word on that. Bold, bold claims. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah. Friday. Yeah, Friday. We're talking stage fright. How do you feel about this? Get in touch with us. Facebook and Instagram. We are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at StrongViolentPC or email StrongLanguageViolentScenes at gmail.com. And as you know, we're just about everywhere, but you can find us chiefly on Spotify, iTunes, and our home at Podbean. Doing good work. 
Yeah, and whenever you're listening, please, please, please drop us a like, a review, whatever, uh, follow, ugh, whatever. That'd be lovely. Yeah, all that stuff. So this Friday, it's episode 59, and we are talking stage fright. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chance. Goodbye. Bye. Love you all. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 